Will you please join with me in praying the prayer that is printed in your bulletin, the invocation. Let us pray. Father, on the Christmas Eve, give us eyes to see one foretold by prophets, Jesus, the Son of God and Son of Man, the Savior of the cross and the Lord of the resurrection. Cause us once more to wonder at the depth of his story and to revel in the greatness of his salvation. Amen. You may be seated. Our New Testament scripture reading comes from the gospel according to Luke. It's in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. We will read this responsively as it is printed in your bulletins. Hear the word of the Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. He went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them.
a moment ago, we read the story of Jesus' birth as told by Luke. Many of you, that those opening verses of Luke 2, many of us know those verses by heart. We could recite them together this evening. So since we Since we know these verses so well, many of us for decades have known these verses, have been able to communicate these verses to others in Sunday school. Since we were children, we're familiar with these verses. Yet tonight... I want to tell you the story one more time. I want to tell you the story that Luke was conveying, especially about the angels and about the shepherds. I want to tell it to you in a way that anyone here will be able to repeat. Not just understand. You expected me to say, I want you to, I want to say it so that you'll understand. No. I want to tell it to you in a way that tonight or tomorrow, you can repeat it. No matter your age, nor the age of the person to which you are speaking. I can't do that. But the Holy Spirit's able to do that. So let's pray and talk to the Father and ask him to teach us in these next few minutes. Father, this is an existential moment. We've opened your word to a portion of your word that all of us know, or most of us do. We've seen it. We've read it hundreds of times. But, oh, Father, tonight, give us new eyes, give us new ears to hear. Father, show us Christ. 
his coming, his mission. Our Father, help us to understand this story with more depth and more understanding. In Jesus' name we pray and for his glory. Amen. Shepherds, why in the world were the shepherds? Well, tonight, we're going to be the shepherds. We have just read about the angels coming to the shepherds. Tonight, I want us to pretend for just a few minutes that we are those shepherds, that we were there, that we were those shepherds. What's a shepherd? What is a shepherd? A shepherd is a person who tends and cares for sheep. He or she does not tend or take care of pigs. He or she does not take care of cows. Shep, that means sheep. Herd, shep herd, sheep herder. That's where the word shepherd comes from, a sheep herder. A girl or a lady sheep herder is called a shepherdess. Do you know who was a shepherd? In fact, when he was a boy in elementary school, he kept his father's sheep. You know him, you know him well. Through most of his teenager, teenage years, he was a shepherd. His name was David. He went on to become the greatest king of Israel in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel 16, the first place that he's mentioned. You know what it says? And he was a shepherd. Keeping his father's sheep. So, going back to what we read from Luke, where was Jesus born? Bethlehem. Where were these shepherds? Luke tells us in the same region. They weren't off in Galilee or up in Samaria. They weren't over at Jerusalem. They were in the area immediately around Bethlehem. Were they in the streets of Bethlehem? In the roads of Bethlehem? No, Luke tells us, out in the fields. Out in the fields, the area around Memphis is an agrarian area. 
south of us, east of us, north of us, west of us. Drive outside of Memphis, you run into farms, you run into fields. That's where the shepherds were, in the fields around Bethlehem. Do you know who else was from Bethlehem? In fact, he had been born there. Remember David, the shepherd? Well, David was born in Bethlehem. David kept his family's sheep in the fields around Bethlehem. The same fields where these shepherds were. A thousand years before. David had been in those same fields keeping sheep. What time of day was it? It wasn't at dawn. It wasn't at noon. They were keeping watch over their flocks by night. Nighttime. Was it just one shepherd? No, it says shepherds, plural, a bunch of shepherds. I don't think they were shepherding 10 or 20 or 40 sheep. I think they were shepherding hundreds of sheep. I'll tell you why in a few minutes. So these shepherds are out there doing what shepherds do every day and every night. This was just another night. There was no anticipation. They weren't thinking, well, maybe the angels will come to No. Maybe the Messiah will. No. Mm-mm. It was just another night. Maybe it was the time of year for lambs to be born. When lambs are birthing, it takes a lot of extra care. When I was young, I lived in farm country in Virginia. I would spend time with my friend Paul on the Allison farm. And sometimes when the weather was harsh, those lambs being born out in the field needed extra care. And we would bring the lambs into the Allison's farmhouse, into the living room, into the kitchen. And you'd take... Coke bottles filled with milk had a nipple on them and we'd hold the lamb and feed these lambs. So these shepherds were out there in the fields around Bethlehem doing what shepherds do. Keeping the sheep together. Protecting them. And suddenly without warning this angel appears. Now, there was only one angel. There were a lot of shepherds. But even though they outnumbered the angel, they were scared out of their minds. It doesn't just say they were afraid. You know the words. They were filled with great fear. The word great there, the Greek word is mega, like we talk about Mega, huge, large. They used it 
he, Luke used it to describe the emotion there. And then the word phobos, where we get our word phobia. Megaphobia. <laughs> Anytime you see an angel, or usually when someone sees an angel, in an angel appears, what's the first thing the angel say, says? Fear not. And it's just not, that's not angel protocol. Because it scares the life out of people. Angels are very large. Now they make up the choirs of heaven. But these same angels also make up the armies of heaven. We read in the Old and New Testaments about the wars which these angels wage against evil. Not only was he a huge angel, the glory of the Lord, not the glory of the angel, but the glory of the Lord just lit up that place. You've been in a football stadium or baseball stadium, large area, and it's dark, and someone flips a switch, and what happens? Lights everywhere. Well, those lights would be like little, a little match light compared to the glory of God. We read in Scripture that in heaven, they don't need the sun because it's the glory of God. Well, that night, the glory of God lit up that field. It was that same glory. Remember Jesus on the mountain taking Peter and James and John, giving them a vision of his glory as the Son of God before he came? And that glory that day on the mountain shone through, and it was like the noonday sun. It was blinding. So, here's a very large angel, and there's no darkness, not anymore. The field is lit like daytime. What were the first words the angel spoke to the shepherds? Well, it's all right. Don't be afraid, guys. I actually have good news for you. News of great joy. Tonight in Bethlehem. A baby has been born. He's a savior. You've waited thousands of years for this Messiah to come. He's the Messiah of Israel. He's been born in Bethlehem. Now this angel was very specific. He was not there just to announce the birth of Jesus and say he's been born. He told the shepherds where they could find the baby. This is a newborn baby. He'll be swaddled with cloths. Just like all the other babies in Bethlehem or in Judea, 
babies that day were swaddled. They were wrapped up real tight. We got away from that. None of my children were swaddled like that. But I've noticed in the last few years, it's become the custom today. I see this baby, you know, that someone brings, brings into church or God go to their house in a nursery and here's it. It's, it's, it's like the baby's wrapped up like a mummy, just tight. And I want to say, let that baby loose. But no, it's for the baby's security. That baby will feel secure. Well, that's what they were doing in Jesus' day. That's what it means. The swaddling cloths did not identify him. Because every baby in the whole region would have been swaddled. But he'll be lying in a manger. Now we think of, what's a manger? Ask your child, what's a manger? Baby bed. What's a crib? A baby bed. How did the manger and crib come to mean a bed for a baby? It's the influence of the gospel. It's the influence of Jesus. His first bed was a feed trough. That's what the word originally meant. A manger was a feed trough. A crib in a barn was a trough from which animals ate. If Jesus had not been born, if this story were not here, you'd say the word manger, and it wouldn't mean a baby bed. You'd say the word crib, it wouldn't mean a baby bed. Go find him. You'll be in a barn lying in a feed trough. The Messiah of Israel has been born. That was the message the angel was sent to deliver the shepherds. But this drama in the field with the shepherds is not over. Suddenly, without warning, again, there are hundreds of angels, maybe thousands. It was a host. You know, sometimes we'll say to each other, you know, what, what's, your, what's your favorite music? Who's your favorite singer? What kind of music do you like? Somebody asked me that. I will usually, you know, tell them the singer that I like in country music or rock and roll or, or the music of cla some classical composer. But when somebody asks me that, I think about what those shepherds heard in that field. Someone this week was telling me about an experience. They went to a concert, fabulous concert by this baritone known all over the world. And he just went on and on about it. And I was working on this message and I thought, you ain't heard anything yet. Those shepherds in that field heard music like none of us have ever heard. Incredible. 
It's been over 2,000 years and we're still talking about it. So what did the shepherds do? They went to Bethlehem. Now, this was not a huge city. This was a small town. We would say today, that town's so small it doesn't even have a traffic light. Put this in real time. I think the people in Bethlehem heard the commotion in the fields. How would that many angels be singing, not be heard? Out in Oakland, where I live, I look west, and there's the glow of Memphis in the sky. Those angels, that much light, they had to be able to see that. The shepherds come to town, speaking about angels and a baby in an animal feed trough. It didn't take them long to find Mary and Joseph and this baby in a feed trough. When the shepherds told Joseph and Mary about the angels, they weren't surprised. Gabriel, who brought the message to Mary, was probably there in the field. He might have been the angel bringing the message to the shepherds. Think about what that meant to this couple. They had to be encouraged. It was like God's message to them. I told you, I told you who this was. Well, I have one more question as we've come to the end. I have one more question, and it is the main question. Why the shepherds? You know, God could have sent the angels to the mayor of Bethlehem. He could have sent the angels to the Roman governor in Jerusalem or to Herod in Jerusalem. Why the shepherds? Why? They're they're not mentioned again anywhere in the Gospels. Shepherds? You need to know that Bethlehem, those fields were only five miles away from the temple in Jerusalem. That's not far. Terry and I walk three to four, sometimes five miles a day. A couple hours walk, be at the temple. You see, the lambs used for sacrifice in the temple in Jerusalem were raised in the fields around Bethlehem. For centuries, the shepherds of Bethlehem had been carefully raising these lambs. Think about it. These had to be lambs without blemish. They had to be special lambs to be sacrificed in the temple. You understand that Jesus was not only born in Bethlehem, the city of David. What he was born in Bethlehem For in the fields around Bethlehem, the temple 
lambs had been born and raised for centuries. That's why we said earlier that these huge flocks that demanded, demanded oversight of a large number of shepherds, thousands and thousands of lambs were sacrificed. You know that Josephus said, the Jewish historian said, that just in Passover week, just in Passover week, 250,000 lambs were sacrificed. Imagine that what that was to the economy of the area. So now you know why the shepherds, they were shepherds for the temple lambs. And God brought them to see the last lamb, the lamb of God. You know, John the baptizer was sent ahead of Jesus to prepare Israel for his coming. And he was to identify the Messiah. This is powerful, folks. Here's this great revival, a greater revival than Israel had ever seen. John the Baptizer was a household name. And he's teaching one day. Most of the disciples that became disciples of Jesus, many of them were first disciples of John the Baptizer. And he's talking to several of them one day. And he sees Jesus. And he does it. And this is the first time he pointed him out. He doesn't say, hey, there's Jesus. He's from Nazareth. Or, he's Jesus. He's a Messiah. What did he say? He said, behold, the Lamb of God. That's what he called him. The angel told the shepherds, said, you know, it's the baby I'm talking about. He'll be the only baby in a feed trough in Bethlehem tonight. It's not what you expected to see. But think about the disciples. When Jesus first told them about the cross, no, 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 no. Messiahs don't die on crosses. They never expected it. It was shocking. It was one thing for him to be found in a, an animal feed trough, but to be found on a cross, a shameful Roman cross. You see, the story of the shepherds points to the cross. It points to the Lamb of God. These two things are inseparable. This has happened several times in my ministry at a, after a Christmas Eve service. 
someone have said, just why don't you talk about his birth? And that's all. Why do you have to bring up the cross? Why do you have to bring up the blood of Christ? The answer's right before us. The shepherds point us to Calvary tonight. And there's a reason. There's a reason. You can't have, you can't separate the incarnation, the Son of God, the coming of the Son of God from the cross. They're inextricably entwined tonight. That's why we come to this table now. Just as the shepherds pointed to the Lamb of God, he called the shepherds to see the Lamb that God was bringing to the cross. That's why we come to this table tonight, celebrating his birth. The Lamb of God has come. And he is our salvation. Amen. As we come to the table, our hymn will be, Come Behold. This is a wonderful hymn to sing at the Incarnation. Come Behold the Wondrous Mystery. Oh,